I'm Tanya Carr and you're listening to The Real Talk Podcast. Here at Real Talk, we create space for authenticity, awareness and making a positive impact on the world around us. Real talk, real people, real stories. Ngā mahi nui kia koutou no mai hoki mai ki te kaupapa kōrero Real Talk. I'm Tania Carr and in this episode you're going to hear the absolutely inspirational story of Harlem Cruise Ihaia. Harlem took the stage at our Real Talk mō rangatahi event in Ahuriri Napier sharing her empowering story of her strong connection to her Māori tanga, her whakapapa, and shows how easily life can go off track if you are living it for others and not staying true to you, for you. She shares with us her entrepreneurial journey and how being aligned and passionate about what she does now has led to a sense of freedom and flow. She is right where she is meant to be. I'd like to take an opportunity to share a whakatauki that Harlem shared with us on the night. E he kākano, i mai i rangiātia. I will never be lost. I am a survivor, for I am a seed sown by my tūpuna from rangiātia. It's important to note that there are some triggering subjects in this kōrero, so if you get triggered by this kōrero, there are some support contact numbers listed in the show notes for you to utilise. Here is Harlem's story. Kia ora tātou, ko Harlem Cruise Atarangi haia tēnei, he mukapuna e noho i ngā rekereke o Ngāti Kahungunu, Ngāti Maniapoto, Ngāti Parau, Kai Tahu, Waihoki, Ngāti Heneuru. Before I start, I just want to do a big mihi to my nan. My two nans that are here tonight and my mum and dad are literally my backbone through life and I wouldn't be the person who I am today without them. Poi poi a te kākano kia pua wai, nurture the seed and it will grow. So I stand here as a mokopuna of Kohanga Reo. Went to Kohanga Reo, uh, then I went on to Kura Kaupapa. And I just want to say uh, my story's a bit different. I, I didn't have the kind of trauma. I was pretty much had the perfect, perfect life. And I'm not ashamed to say that as well. So I'm a, I'm a um, product of Kohanga Reo, Kura Kaupapa, and also brought up in a strong faith. So I have been brought up in a whānau of being Christians, but I've obviously, through my story, um, I'll get through that. I have an unshakable culture. Nothing could ever move me from being Māori. That's who I am. That's what holds me in everything that I do in life. Just being brought up through kōhanga reo and kura kaupapa and having a strong whānau, that's literally the product of what I am today. So that's why I really encourage you, if you have like mokopuna, you have babies, or you're just bringing up your kids, that is honestly the solidest foundation for them to have a bright future because I'm legit a product of that, and you'll see that through my story. E tupu e reo to ao. So this is a whakatauki that I take legit through my whole entire life. As I've said, I have a very strong, I'm very strong in my culture, but I'm not so strong in my Christianity. Obviously, being brought up in Kohanga Reo and Kura Kaupapa, I was a bit, you know, as long as they would get confused. Oh, okay, should I stand strong as a Māori, but low-key don't show that I'm a Christian because then I get thinged for it being Māori. And then I'll stand strong as Christian, then they think me down for my Māori tanga. 
So then I was always confused, like, fucking heck, what do I believe? Like, this because he's telling me this, this because he's telling me that. So I always grew up, like, ashamed to be Christian in one world, ashamed to be Māori in one world. But today I stand strong in both. I have a good balance of both. So I went to Kura, Kura Kaupapa every day, you know, go to Kura, te reo Māori anake. Mum and Dad didn't know Māori. And through, I was, I'm the youngest of eight, and I was the only one that went to, went to Kurakaupapa and Kohanga Reo. Uh, so my mum and dad's hopes for me was that I would live balance in both worlds. So I'd go to school, you know, do the whole te ao Māori, come home, Pākehā. And that's how I grew up until maybe like 16. So, you know, um, I would go home and cook. Didn't even know how to do my homework because my mum and dad couldn't help me. It was all in te reo. So I always grew up just kind of standing on my own, in my own mana in Te Ao Māori, and then the same with the Christianity side. So I always believe anywhere I go that I'm really strong in Te Ao Māori, but we need to use Te Ao Pākehā as well for physical sustenance. So I love this whakatauki from Apira Nangata, and he always talks about uh, ko tonga, kaukinga, taonga, a o mātua tipuna. So I stand strong in my culture, but I also, ko tō wairua ki tō atua, but I'm also strong in my Christianity. And that's why I stand here today with my moko kauai and the cross of Jesus as a balance, and I'm not ashamed of it either. And I've learned to stand strong in both worlds, and nothing would ever, ever crumble me in any situation because they're literally what makes me who I am today. He manako te i You won't get there by wishing and dreaming it. So obviously I went through kurakaupapa and kohangareo, and I was a very... Headstrong, like, girl. I was always like, I don't know what I want to be. This is how I'm going to get it. And I'm going to do anything that I'm going to get, need to do to get it. So, um, and, and Kurakaupapa, I was always, you know, doing money kōrero, doing all the leadership things, trying to be the best student. Cause I, I had goals and I had a drive and I would do anything to kind of get there. And then obviously I went, went back to Kohangareo after finishing Kurakaupapa. And that's the whole cycle, eh? That, honestly, the Kaumatu and Kohangareo love it when a Kohangareo mukupuna comes back to give back to the Kaupapa. And obviously, I was brought up in the Kaupapa of Kohangareo, so I had, I had a passion to bring up other mukupuna how I was brought up. So I went back to Kohangareo and I was in the Kaupapa for four to five years. And I actually ended up whangaing some of my mukupuna. These two big ones, boy and the girl, they are my two whāngai, and the one I'm holding is my baby. Uh, so my whāngai have been in my care for going on four years now, but honestly, I wouldn't have them if it wasn't for my mum and dad, because I'm like that, the picture girl that has them, and it's my mum and dad that actually, you know, do all the mahi. And I'm not ashamed to say that, because honestly, any Māori whānau knows it takes a village to raise a child. And I'm only 24, I'm only 24, so I took on these mukupuna, I think I was like 18 at the time, and you know, I wouldn't, wouldn't have been able to take them into my care properly without the village helping us to raise them. And um, everyone always asks me, oh, did you just like want the kids? No, I didn't really have a choice. Um, I was the kayako of the kōhanganiu at the time. The um, mum and dad just didn't come back one day to come and pick them up at 3 o'clock. Low-key, it's normal in Kohangareo, and I just thought, oh, their the parents are running late, I'll just take them home, they'll ring me, blah, 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 no phone call, and we went, oh, okay, that's a bit odd. 
Then it went on for a couple of weeks and then ended up, long story short, they ended up in our care. And it was supposed to be like a one-year thing while their, you know, parents went off to get their, get their shit together. And I, we're going on, yeah, four or five years now. But now they're part of the whānau and part of the furniture. And my baby actually thinks that that's his brother and sister. So, yeah, they're part of our whānau now. And that's my journey and ongoing journey of being a whānau parent. Mā tōrauro, mā tōkūrauro, kaora ai te iwi. So, as most of you know me as Miss Universe New Zealand, a lot of people don't even actually know my name. They're like, oh, that's Miss Universe. Especially University of New Zealand, I'm like, um, my name's Harlem, but okay. And this is pretty much what made me, like, everyone kind of know me and know my story. Yeah, so I'll take it back. So everyone thinks that i done Miss University of New Zealand because I wanted to. First of all, as I told you, I, I had a drive. I always wanted to be an actress. So I was on Star Now, it's a bit of a... If you want to be an actress, that's where all the auditions and stuff are. So I went on there, and then I saw there was an advertisement for Miss Universe New Zealand. At the time, I never knew Miss Universe was a pageant, and all I saw was photo shoots, acting, all these different things that you could do. And I was like, oh, I want to check this out. So it said, send in your um, photo, your name, how old you were, blah, blah, blah. Ended up doing that, and then they, I got told that I had to go to a like an info night, and it was in Auckland. I was living in Napier at the time. I told my mum and dad, and um, I, I remember clearly, and my dad will know too, when I showed him that, he goes, what the hell? Are you going to do Miss Universe New Zealand? You can't even do Miss Waimarama. And then I was like... <laughs> and then that's what like, t- triggered me hard, and I was like, oh, yeah, if you can tell me, I'm going to go there then. So I ended up going there, and then... One of, one of the girls are here that um, came with me, my little cousin, and we went there and I was the only Māori in the room. There were about 80 other wahine, Pākehā, only Māori in the room. No, these girls are like top model, blonde, white, blue eyes, and the Māori comes here from Ahuriri. And I was just like, what the heck? I feel so out of place. What am I doing here? Found out it was a pageant and I was like, oh, nah, I'm not doing this. No way. I rang my mum and dad that night and said, oh my gosh, this is a pageant, I don't want to do this, I'm, I'm ugly, I can't even do this, what was I thinking? My mum and dad told me, um, just get through the night and you'll be, you know, just get through the weekend, sorry, get through the weekend, you can come home and then, you know, nothing will happen. Anyways, that weekend they were picking the top 20 that were going to take on this journey. I was watching all these, you know, top supermodel kind of girls and... um. I was like, oh my gosh, like, I'm never going to get in. Yep, I'll just freaking do it for the next two days and then, you know, no one will know what happened. Anywho, I did the whole weekend and then I went home and then I came back to this pressure. My whole whānau had found out that I had, you know, auditioned for Miss Universe New Zealand and then there was this pressure of, oh my gosh, how much was going to be in the top two? And I was like, cuz, man, one, like, there were 60 of us. They didn't even tell me that I'm getting in. Like, nothing's going to happen. Everyone had this pressure on me. And then I felt this, oh, my gosh, if I don't get in, everyone's going to, like, I'm going to let everyone down. So then I remember the night they were announcing it, all my whānau were in front of the TV, and they were announcing it, like, and top 19, and top 18, and fuck, it was getting down to the, like, fourth person. And I was like, Oh my gosh, and like embarrassing because my whole whānau is watching and waiting for me to come on and I'm not coming on. Anywho, I was the last person to get called out on the Facebook Live 
And I find it, um, I got into the top 20 and my whole whānau was proud of me. And it was at that moment that I went, oh, what the fuck have I gotten myself into? Because <laughs> it was like I just had this big pressure put on me straight away from that point. So what no one saw was all the pressure that I went through. Um, I obviously went through the top 20 um, and I kind of fluked it. I'm not joking. It was a whole fluke. Didn't even want to do it. Ended up doing it and I told my mum and dad, okay, I'm just going to do this, you know, and they actually go, the Miss University New Zealand managers ask me, oh, what, what's your why? Why are you doing this? And I had to go on the toilet and be like, fuck, why am I doing this? And then honestly, I made up this big lie. <laughs> and I was like, I'm doing it to break stereotypes of Māori. And it was a seller. Like, it was a seller. And... <laughs> And the managers were like, oh my gosh, that sounds great, we're going to use that. And like, you know, and everyone thinks I've done it for that, but I actually didn't, I just made that up. Anywho, but I ended up doing it anyways. So yeah, that was my whole why I'd done it. So then I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to stick to that, I'm going to break stereotypes of Māori wahine. So I took that through my whole journey, and that's all I'd done it for. I never ever thought I was going to win it, that was never a goal, because my mindset was set on, I'm just a Māori. I'm only, you know, there's all these wahine that have, like, trained their whole lives to be Miss University New Zealand. I can't win this. So I automatically didn't want to put that, that I'm going to win because I was too scared to fail or to, you know, not meet the standards. So then I was like, no, nah, I'm just going to do it for the journey, and that's, that's all I'm keen to do. So anywho, long story short, I ended up winning. And then I was like, oh, for fuck's sakes. Like, you know, and I'm just freaking winging this. And I remember the night, if you watch that clip, that they're like, I'm Harlem Crazy Hire. I'm like gobsmacked, thinking inside, what the fuck? And then as soon as I got off stage, I went back to my hotel with my whanau and I broke down crying. I told my mum and dad, I don't want to do this. Like, I never wanted to do this. I've done this for yous. I actually remember telling my mum and dad, I don't want to do this. And they said, we don't care. You're Basically, you're going to do it for us. You're going to do it for me and your mum, your nan, your auntie, your blah, blah. And I'm just like, what about me? And it was like, no, no, Harlem, you've got to push yourself to the side. This is all about us. So then I ended up having to do that whole journey, not for myself, for my whanau. And then it actually ended up in a spiral after that. So this was me. This was the Harlem before. You know, I was a bit of a pani. I was always wearing, you know, um, red bands. I would have rocked up here in red bands. Um, it was semi-swan swan dries, jeans. Didn't even know what this person was, who this person was. And after the whole Miss Universe journey, I found another Harlem that I never knew even existed. Whatever will be, will be, just get it done. So this was the Harlem after Miss Universe New Zealand. I was lost. Didn't know who I was before Miss Universe New Zealand. Knew who I was, knew where I was going, strong in my culture. Done the whole Miss Universe journey for, not myself, for someone else, for my whanau. Lost who I was completely. I was a full-time stoner. That I never gave being sober a chance. I was always bonging every single chance I could get. I'd be up here being Miss Universe New Zealand in the car, toking up on a bong straight after. Like, I'll legit walk out that door in the car. My mate, my cousin over there, legit in the passenger seat of my bong pack, and I'm ready to toke up straight away as I walk out that door. 
And that was me for the whole year of Beamish University New Zealand. No one would have ever, ever known that I was a stoner or anything like that. Even my nan's probably sitting there like, oh my gosh. <laughs> but, but that's how good I was at hiding it. And because I had, I, had, I had signed a contract at that time and I wasn't allowed to bring any, like, you know, demonetizing machine University New Zealand, so I had to be perfect. Couldn't do anything that would ever, you know, look bad. And then obviously using the breaking stereotypes of Māori, couldn't show what I was actually up to. So then I ended up, you know, being a full-time stoner, losing myself, and um, I think... You know, I was actually hard out having suicidal thoughts. I remember I was in Bangkok. Oh, so heaps of rangata here, like, oh my gosh, you got to travel the world? And I'm like, yeah, by myself. Do you know how freaking scary that is and how lonely that is to go to Bangkok, Thailand, Australia, all these different places by yourself? It's so different than to going with your whanau and enjoying it. So I went overseas, home, I, I, and I get homesick. I get homesick when I just go to Hastings. So just imagine getting on a plane and going to bloody Bangkok with my manager, who's a white Pakeha, has no idea what Wairua is, has no idea. you know. Um, and when I was in Bangkok, this was my last trip as Miss University New Zealand. Rung my mum and dad, and I was, I was literally ready to cock it. Had enough of all the pressures being this, you know, poster girl being this, you know, person that everyone wanted me to be. I was crying and I said, I fucking can't do this anymore. My mum and dad said, it's all right, you're nearly finished, you know, after that, it'll, it'll end. So then um, we had done these things and um, I remember I was at this photo shoot in the Philippines and the Philippines love pageants. It's like millions of people and I'm standing in this thing, you know, just being poster girl, smiling like everything's all good and I just dropped to my knees and I just started crying. And I, I had never experienced what an anxiety attack was, never experienced what anxiety even was. And I remember telling my manager, like, I, don't, I don't know what's happening to me, I can't breathe. I'm just breaking down, crying. But, and he said, just, just shush Harlem, get your shit together. We've got sponsors to meet, blah, blah, blah. Who cares about you? You know, just get your shit together. So I was like, what the fuck? Like, I can't even breathe. I don't know what's happening. But that wasn't, it was, they didn't really care about that. So I ended up having to go on the toilet, you know, you've just been crying, so you can hard out, see you've been crying, and I just had to get my shit together and, you know, soldier on, and it's what I'd done for the next year that got me to this person. Before I was this person, I was like, I was like you know, good size 12, healthy, fit, and at this, I was about a size 6. Very skinny, very unhappy, but no one ever knew that I was like that, because I was always good at hiding it. But how I got back to being me, went through the whole Miss Universe thing, and I was like, yes, it's over. It's over. I can finally frickin' be myself and give that all up. Anyways, you can see this on live television. I'm giving over the crown to the next person, and then they come in and they're like, and we want to present Harlem with Miss Universe New Zealand ambassador. And then I'm like, what the fuck? Like, never ends. Like, I just want to fucking get out of here. So then I'm like, oh, hell no, like, nah. And anyways, I went backstage, and I was so angry with the managers and everything. I said, get fucked, you white cunt. That's what I literally told him. I was like, you're just a fucking bullhead. You don't fucking get it, blah, blah, blah. 
and I cursed him so much that oh, I feel sorry for him now. Because I just said, you don't get it. Like, you just don't get Tao Māori. You haven't supported my wairua, my henengaro, anything. All you care about is tahatinanga. So then I went through this whole healing phase. And what brought me back was this moment. This is my auntie, Mahina Rangi Smith. I was in a really bad space at this time, and I went to one of her korowai wānangas, and I learned how to do korowai and rungua. And this is what... This was like that light bulb moment in my life where I was like, fuck, I know where I fucked up. It was when I started doing shit for everybody else, stopped doing my stuff in my culture, stopped doing things that I liked and was living for the world, basically. And that's where I lost myself. And then I was like, fuck, I never, ever, ever want any rangatahi to ever go through life not knowing who they are, not knowing what they like and not knowing their fucking culture or their God. Because that's where I fucking lost myself and didn't, you know, got to that point of, oh, fuck, I don't even want to be here anymore. So that's where I ended up getting pregnant. And that's where my whole life changed. I ended up getting pregnant and I had my son, Rangiatia. So, um, he kākano irua mai i Rangiatia. I remember my dad's a bit of a names guy. He names everybody, if you know him. He, name, he gives everybody a nickname. And I remember I was saying to my, um, my dad, oh, I'm going to name my son Rangiatia. And he was like, oh, what the hell? That's a dumb name. And I'm like, oh, my God. So anywho, the whole kaupapa behind my son's name was because I was healing at the time. And I remember when I was happy with him, I just knew I don't even want my son to not know where he's from, not know, you know, his roots or his culture or his God, and um, that's why I named him Rangiatia. And that was a really healing um, time for me as well. And that's where my Pākehi um, came from. That's the birth of my Pākehi. So I made a decision, I don't want any, because I'm really you know, passionate in rangatahi and wahine specifically. So I said, oh, I never want any wahine to not know who they are or not stand in their own mana and you know, find out their mana motuhake. So then I said... Oh, I'm going to come up with a after-school program to help young young hine um, build confidence, resilience, and um, bring on their independence. So I started Pūrotu. Pūrotu is my pakehi. I develop um, programs for young hine and wahine. It's a bit of a fluke too. Um, I just had a passion. I was like, I'm going to do it. No funding, no nothing. Don't even know what I'm up to, but it seems to be working. Yeah, I actually have some of my wahine here tonight that are on my program. I run the Kohine Māori Movement. It's a program that helps Kohine Māori age 18 to 25 overcome the struggles and barriers of employment. And obviously being a rangatahi, I'm only 24 and I'm teaching 18 to 25 year olds, there was a big like, oh, how can you do that? You're only a rangatahi, what do you know? Blah, blah, blah. Anywho, I came from a perspective of co-designing, you know, for rangatahi, by rangatahi. And I'm showing these other wahine that, you know, it doesn't matter how old you are. I don't, I'm not the facilitator. I just bring in, I'm a connector. I bring in other adults. I bring in other wahine to help, you know, I'm on this journey with them, which makes it even better. Cause you know, I'm, I don't put myself as the teacher or anything. I'm just like, I'm just here cause I kind of just know how to bring people in and I'm just looking at, at the moment anyways. Yeah, so that's where I am at the moment. I just had a dream and a passion and just went for it. Like, you know, you can have a dream and a passion if you keep planning and planning and planning. You actually got to do the mahi because then you just sit in planning idea mode for too long and you just sometimes you just got to jump in, 
Fear the fear and do it anyways. And everyone asks me, oh my gosh, you're so busy. How do you do this? How do you do that? Bro, 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 it's in my fucking fucker papa. These are my nannies, legit. Like, these are my nannies. And that's, like, it's just our destined birthright. Like, I'm not being anyone but who I was supposed to be. And that's what I believe with every wahine in this room. We are destined to be wahine toa. We are destined to be mana wahine. You know, why try and be something else when that was our birthright and that's what we're supposed to be doing? You know, it's there. You just need to claim it. Tēnā tato. Real Talk could be coming to a town near you, so check out the Real Talk website, www.realtalknz.co.nz, or follow us on our Instagram at real underscore talk underscore nz to find out where we'll be next. I got you real talk.